the Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Podcast. Welcome to the Free Speech Coalition podcast. My name is Patrick Korsh, and today we are uh, joined once again by Steve Ellers, a senior lecturer at Massey University who specializes in journalism and communications. Now, he's been to the podcast uh, before during lockdown, you, uh, our guests might remember, to discuss Stuff's propagandistic corrections of his article criticizing the Prime Minister and um, her handling of the COVID-19 numbers. Um, I, I encourage all my, our, our listeners to go back and listen to that podcast. It's quite uh, an interesting one. Um, but uh, today, um, Steve has, uh, has come to us um, with yet another story uh, concerning his, um, his weekly column in the Manawatu Standard. Um, now, I was gonna, uh, Steve, I was going to explain uh, what, what happened, but I think it's uh, better coming from you. Um, can you explain uh, to our listeners... Um, uh, what made you uh, want to get on the podcast once again? Uh, yes. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, one of my weekly stuff um, articles in my column that's in the Manawatu Standard and on stuff.co.nz, um, one of them came out and it was titled by stuff as The Bewildering Politics of Gender Pronouns. Um, and basically this article in my weekly column talked about how I completed an online survey and I found that there were, instead of just male and female, there were now a number of um, genders that you could click, that you could select. In fact, you could click all of them or more than one. Um, And so I decided to write about that. And also in this this survey that I was completing, it had a whole list of um, different uh, categories that you could choose and I actually copied them from the Ministry of Health's website, I think it was, mm. and used that list into my article. And there's a whole range, I don't know, maybe 10 or more. And also the different gender pronouns um, that have become available. And so I mentioned how we have all of these different uh, trans, uh, gender identities and pronouns that are available. And I talked about how the State Services Commission are encouraging um uh, government employees to include their own gender pronouns in their email signatures. And I um, discussed how actually, you know, you can actually make your own gender pronoun. Um, some of the universities are saying that it's actually, um, if you were to have one labeled for you, that's, that's, that can be seen as discrimination. So you can actually make your own gender pronoun. And I thought, well, why not? And I, um, tongue in cheek, I said that I would make my own pronoun. Um, and I took it from the Spice Girls song Wannabe, and I said my pronoun from now on is Ziga Ziga. And it was all lighthearted, um, the article. And in fact, I only had a few complaints. Normally I'll get, sometimes like, for example, if I write about um, the Prime Minister in my stuff column, I would get, oh geez, hundreds of emails. Um, lots positive and lots negative. In this case, there was only about a handful of negative emails, probably the, the least I've ever had. Hmm. Um, and that was fine. And then uh, after that article was published on the Saturday morning, you know, I, I had annual leave booked in for the following week, and I was actually away when I started receiving um, tips for, well, not tip-offs, but emails from other staff and texts from other staff going, hey, have you checked out the, the weekly newsletter from Massey? They send out a weekly email newsletter. 
And um, the vice chancellor had um, written a piece um, about my stuff article on on gender pronouns. Right. As had two other staff, and they had called for a survey as well to be um, about the pronouns whether Massey should make staff use their gender pronouns in their email um, signature that was in there too. So the half of the newsletter was about what's criticism of my um, my lighthearted stuff article. And there were also uh, calls for um, for me to be uh, to have formal discipline proceedings against me at, at Massey University. So for, um, I just want to stop you there. There were calls from fellow staff members for the university to initiate disciplinary action against you for a yes. a column that you had written in a in a a public newspaper. Nothing to uh, nothing to do with the university. No, exactly, exactly. Right. It was um, it was something that even I've got a disclaimer at the bottom of my stuff article saying that um, I'll read it. It's his views are his own and do not represent Massey University. But um, so yeah, I had I had um, called for that because the reason I know that that uh, was the case is because um, one of the emails that was sent to the vice chancellor asking that actually copied me in. Right. <laughs> saying they they wanted disciplinary procedures to start up against me. So, um, and I had heard uh, through through other sources too that this was going on. Um, but on the counter side to that, I had staff contact me, even staff I do not know from Massey University who um, were concerned about that newsletter going out that um, that goes to all Massey staff. Right. They, they were concerned for free speech. They were concerned about their own views, about um, self-censoring as well. Um, they're afraid to speak their mind in the workplace. Um, I had one person who contacted me saying, look, I even posted something um, on Facebook. I can't remember what he said. It was a, it was a, an example of a policy he agreed with, I think, in the US, from memory. And he said that he was um, attacked online on Facebook by his messy colleagues, and including those he had known for you know quite some time just for posting this. And so he, he said at that point in time, he decided not to ever do that again and to be careful of what he says wow. at the university and actually the staff who have contacted me said that because of what's happened how I wrote this stuff article and then I uh, the weekly newsletter came out at Massey they it cemented in their minds that you have to be careful of what you say right. at Massey University Wow, there's a lot. To, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, Massey just seems to be the gift that keeps on giving. Um, the Free Speech Coalition has uh, certainly encountered them before, at least twice before, three times, I believe. One um, our supporters will remember was the cancellation of Dr. Dom Brash back in. Uh, yes, yes. I think it was. I think that was in 2018. It might have been 2019. Um, where a student-led political organization had invited him to speak on his experiences as the leader of the opposition, as well as the chairman of the um, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Hardly something that is um, controversial and quite valid. Yes, yes. And then um, yes. I, I do remember that they, um, there was the cancellation of the Speak Up for Women um, speaking event that was going to be held at Massey. And yes, I, the um, feminism 2020. That's correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so that was canceled. And um, also, I do remember late last year there were uh, student-made uh, protest posters about um, Hong Kong and the anti-extradition bill that was being um, put through in the Hong Kong legislature. 
Um, yeah. yeah, free Hong Kong, and uh, and those were ripped down um, for uh, I, I believe political reasons. So my goodness, it looks as though that there's a there's um, a, an, a censorship culture even within the staff itself. Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I get contacted from stuff not just this time. Like they've contacted me now about this, but I have had um, staff contact me over well over the period of my column, actually. Mm, mm. You know, saying similar things, saying, "Wow, well, you're brave! I couldn't say that," or "I'm too scared to say my views." Right. Yeah. So, 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 um, what you're, what I hear is um, there is a a, a small um, portion of the of the, uh, the the staff members there that. Um, or openly advocating for for censorship for for who are um, uh, calling for uh, disciplinary actions against you and those that um, have controversial speech, but also there's a, a, a quite large um, silent majority that is afraid of um, speaking out because because such things w- might happen to them. Yes, that's correct. That's a sad state, I think, uh, for universities to be in. If the academics, those that are are the ones who are supposed to be questioning the conventional wisdoms, um, are too afraid to speak out and basically do what they, their vocation demands of them. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I, yep. I, I do want to tell our listeners that you know the while the um the, the material in, in in your article might might lean uh particularly to the right it's not the it's not the substance of what you're writing that 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 has angered me and has angered um uh, quite a few in the free speech coalition i mean we're a broad coalition of of both um, people of all all types of the political yeah. of the political spectrum um it's just the fact that um that that you have been silenced um and now i i do want i do want to Point to um, I, I do have a printout of the uh, the vice chancellor's um, statement. Um, I believe was in regards to your article, and she go she goes yeah. into um, how the the university supports academic freedom. You know, uh, as under the uh, section six one six one of the Education Act, and then she goes on to say that you know Massey has a free speech uh, policy, which I I think is absolutely laughable. Um, but uh, she, she she considers it, and I'm quoting her. She says, "Academic freedom is a privilege and a right." Now, to me, that seems that that seems like a um, that double speak here. Uh, I don't consider a, a right to be a privilege. It's either one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all, but also she, uh, th- th- throughout this article, and I'll we'll we'll have an, a link to this so our listeners um, um, can read it them for themselves. Um, or academic academic freedom is upheld and enacted when academics speak from an evidence base, and so this the, it, I, I'm I'm concerned about this because while I think a lot of um, how do I put this a lot of uh, um, things that, that that are discovered or are researched in in uh, in universities um, have to do with evidence, but there's a, there's quite a bit that's not. There's a lot of unfalsifiable things. For instance. Political science. Um, a lot of things can't be tested because um, you you deal with history, um, and, and and events only happen once, and so you can't really do research uh, insofar as um, uh, objective rules or laws of, of of history because things only happen once, and you can't retest them. Um, yes. And, and, and things like philosophy, which if you're an armchair philosopher, you only deal in thought experiments. 
And so, and so, and so having to qualify, um, academic freedom with, with being only to, um, what, yeah, evidence-based or being within your area of expertise, it's, you've actually quite limited academics, um, to, to only speak in a way that's been sanctioned or blessed, um, by the powers that be. Yes. Um, I've had feedback too from staff on that as well, mm-hmm. giving me specific examples of, well, then in that case, Professor H shouldn't have written this article. Well, you know, links. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the, the big name that comes to my mind is um, uh, Professor Noam Chomsky. Who oh, is, exactly. Ex- yeah. yes, he's, a, he's a linguist. He's a linguist, eh? a professor of um, linguistics. That's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a, a, a quite well-known one, and his um, his works have been um, extremely influential in the in the world of linguistics. But I know his real claim to fame is writing political um, books. Yes. Um, and and, and it's not just him. There's a lot on the left, like that. Cornell West. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. African American scholar. Mm. He's a professor. I can't even remember what he's a professor. It might be philosophy or it might be religion, but he on um, on the news all the time talking about a whole range of um, political issues to do with African-Americans, well outside of his area of, I suppose you could say, expertise if we are using this as a framework. Right, right. And I, I'm looking right now at, at Section 161 of the uh, the Education Act, and it says, um, for, the pur- for the purposes of this section, academic freedom in relation to an institution means, and then the very first one goes, freedom of academic staff within the law to question test uh, to uh, to question and test received wisdom to put forward new ideas and to state controversial or unpopular opinions now there's nothing yes. there's nothing in that that suggests that it, it needs to be within within your lane within your area of expertise um and the very word opinion to me um uh, su- suggests that you don't need to speak from an evidence base it, it's your opinion yes Exactly. But I think if my opinion for this article that we're talking about, if I had been um, completely supportive of um, the pronoun, the transgender pronouns, I don't think this would have been an issue and I don't think there would have been um, a weekly newsletter devoted to attacking that piece I wrote. Right, right. No, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, the, 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 the vice chancellor's uh, statement also uh, talks about a balance between uh, respecting free speech on the one hand and then contributing uh, to a, um, a social progressive um, New Zealand. And so on, on the other hand, so n- now, now it's, it's free speech is only um, possible or only encouraged if it conforms or it, it, it furthers our ideas of, of, you know, a perfect New Zealand. And that's exactly well, that, well. That's not free speech, is it? No, because no. <laughs> the whole point of a right is to is to um, give the individual the freedom to pursue you know, their own version of the good, and and so to have an institution um, select uh, what is good and proper, uh, what is progressive, and then say you know, um, and anyone who doesn't conform with this no longer has this right. Well, it's 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 a non-starter. Mm. And and the whole that whole this whole issue is is quite scary when you think about it because you know I've got thick skin and I don't mind um, being in in the target of of the university but there's most most academics probably wouldn't want to go through this right and also you know there's there's employment matters I'm yes. pretty sure that a lot of academics would fear that their positions on the line you know should they actually um, write about what they actually think or or, or you know 
uh, voice their their views that might be unpopular to to um, to the vice chancellor or, or some of the university. Right, right. Um, have you heard of the Harper Magazine open letter? Yes, uh, was it 150 people signed there? Was it 200 yeah, something like that? Yeah, I think I think, and I think it's actually growing. Um, it, yeah. Have you it, seen the counter letter? I, I haven't seen the counter letter. I'll have to I'll have. There's to a counter letter which is ridiculous. Go Google the counter letter. It's, it's ridiculous, but anyway. But I, I like I liked how um, many of the names in this uh, open letter. It, for for those who, that uh, who are listening that don't know, um, Harper Magazine in the United States had released a an open letter, um, basically to all institutions, uh, but mainly aimed at universities. Um, a number, I think 150 um, academics, uh, journalists, and other writers voiced their concerns about the growing cancel culture within Western democracies. And quite a few of these, um, these writers were um, of, of, uh, of a more liberal uh, progressive persuasion. And so now it's, it's, it's come to the point where big names, I think Noam Chomsky was actually one of them, are now seeing yes. the chilling effects that cancel culture for the sake of emotional safety is having on real important dialogue would you have signed it oh absolutely absolutely yeah um no i think i think uh, part of uh before we we came on, on this podcast you had informed us that there was an open letter from um the massey student union association musa i believe um asking yeah. yes can you explain that what happened there well, I was actually um, told about this letter before it came out by one of the, um, the student uh, association magazine contributors who said there's going to be an open letter by the uh, president um, of Musa, the Mass University Student Association, mm. basically condemning um, my stuff article and inviting me to um, front up to a panel of diverse students and listen to them um, yeah, and that came out this week, I believe, that, uh, that magazine. Right. Massive magazine. Right. So it was an open letter to you to appear before a small group of students and discuss yes. your letter. Now, yes. the, I, I had a look at that. I had a look at that open letter, and it, it seems quite innocent and, and, and very well could be just having a, a quick chat and everything. Um, in which case, it's completely fine. It's completely within their right, and um, in, in many cases, would be encouraging. However, my, yeah. as soon as I saw that, my mind went to worst case scenario, um, something like Evergreen University in the United States, where you had a, a, yeah. a bunch of students demanding particular behaviors from um, their teachers, almost in mob-like fashion, where um, I think the headmaster or the principal there, the dean of the school, was told to sit down and shut up and couldn't be and couldn't go to the um, the toilet when he when when he need to when he needed to. So, um, while while I while I, I think that this was this was quite an, an innocence and, and and made in, in good faith, um, it, it 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 does um, concern me that that there are opportunities or there is the possibility for um, militant action in the future. So it's a quite it's a, this is quite an interesting um, it's quite an interesting case here. Um, Steve, now your yeah. now your your weekly column. How long have you been doing that for the for stuff? I started in August last year. Last my year. weekly column, mm, mm. Um, and it ended it ended basically after that um, that article on um, pronouns. 
Right. Um, so, yes, and I um, I believe it was because of that article, right. although I'm told it, it wasn't. But basically, I, I received a phone call from the editor here um, of the Manawatu Standard, who, who's my contact person, mm. and I've got no issues with him. And he said, um, oh, look, the, you know, he's, he receives quite a lot of complaints after my um, articles, and it, it takes up his Saturday to respond to them all, right. um, which is his day off. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, fair enough. That's fair um, and he wanted to focus on local issues. And I, and I checked with him if it was because of that article. He, he said no, but the funny thing is only the a few days before that um, the article on, on the pronouns came out, he had gotten me to go into the office to have an updated photo taken because um, stuff had changed all of the, um, you know, their new format and they were updating all the photographs of all the uh, columnists and, and journalists. And he had got me to come in only a few days before this um then the pronoun article um, was published. And so then to receive the phone call not long after that, well, I thought maybe it is to do with it, but I'll never know. So um, that was the second to last article they published of mine because I had already submitted the, um, the, the very last one before I was let go. So I am no longer writing for them. And that's, that's up to them. That's their outlook. Yeah. Um, but it does... You know, I, I can't. I don't really want to say, "Oh, look, look it's um, shutting down or taking away my platform," because I've got no real evidence of that. I'm just like assuming it. Yeah, right. That, that they that's, have. That, that's fair. Yeah. It, 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 but it, it to, to me, it, it is quite. Um, it raises an eyebrow that the, this was the the article that uh, that finally that finally uh, broke the camel's back, as it were. Now that's quite interesting. Now, I mean, and, and of course. FSC only stands um, against uh, officially only stands against um, state censorship, and stuff is a is a private organization, um, and they can they can express their free speech by not having columnists on. But I think it does explain um, how pervasive self canceling is, self censorship is, um, for the purposes of protecting uh, your own interests. And we see we see where we can assume it's with stuff, not, not you know only allegedly, but also with um, your fellow uh, academics at, at Massey who who have confided in you and, and said that they they were afraid to speak their mind. Yes, I mean, uh, I know that I know I know for a fact. Apparently, the uh, the new owner of stuff, one of the um, the, the, the CEO who who bought stuff for a dollar. Apparently, she came under a lot of heat on social media. I mean, mm. I don't have social media myself, but. People have been updating me and emailing me and so on, and they said, look, she's come under a lot of heat for that column. Yeah. Um, also, the journalist, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, David Ferrier. Oh, yes, he yes, I'm aware. Mm -hmm. Yep, he's got uh, 160,000 followers or something on Twitter, and he, um, well, uh, my wife just sent on some information, a link to his, uh, his Twitter feed, and he had been asking for my students to contact him with any um, dirt on me mm. uh, in relation to that, that one article, you know, mm. that one transgender yeah. uh, pronoun article. And I thought, well, just because you don't agree, you're trying to uh, cancel me out of my job. Yeah, right. You know? uh, right, right. Well, that is indeed concerning. I think it it, it it's um, certainly something for our supporters to keep in mind, given that in um, early August, coming up very very soon, um, the Free Speech Coalition will be once again in court. This time in the High Court, uh, sorry, the Court of Appeal to um, to uh, appeal the High Court decision um, 
for the cancellation of uh, the Stefan Molyneux and uh, Lauren um, Southern speaking event. So, and um, as well as um, I believe it's not th- this uh, this time around, but after the election, should the the government um, be reelected, um, uh, there will be a review of on hate speech laws after that. So, hmm, interesting, very interesting stuff, uh, Steve. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. Well, um, that that was very enlightening, and it's it's very it's it's to me. I I was so angered um, by by uh, this story when you, when you first came to us. Um, the 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 threats to for um, disciplinary action for merely speaking your mind in a completely um, isolated uh, um, arena it has nothing to do with with Mass University. Really angered me, and I think it should ang- anger a lot of our our listeners. The fact that they are now coming after our um, academics for things that they do um, out, out, outside of the university, but also, but also um, a, a redefining um, what freedom is um, and, and, and what is allowable and what isn't. So, well, thank you very much, uh, Steve. Was there anything else that you wanted to, um, to tell our listeners? Not really. Oh, uh, yes, one thing. So I'm no longer on stuff, mm. but I will be on Herald, New oh, Zealand Herald. The New Zealand Herald. So, yes, so uh, today... Uh, it's confirmed. So the so I used to be contracted to the one or two standard, which is the uh, local branch of stuff, right. and they used to feed the articles up to, through the standard up through the stuff website. But now, uh, because uh, stuff has let me go, um, the one or two Guardian, which is a local community paper here in Palmerston North, and they feed articles up into the Herald because they're owned by the Herald, and um, I am doing a weekly column with them as of next week. Oh, fantastic! Well, you can find Steve. Uh, you can find Steve there. <laughs> well, fantastic. Yes. Well, um, you take care of yourself, Steve, and um, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, cheers. If you like this podcast and wish to support the production of more episodes, you can go to www.freespeechcoalition.nz/join. Be sure to add us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any feedback, comments, or recommendations of other potential guests, email us at coalition at freespeechcoalition.nz. This has been the Free Speech Coalition Podcast. See you next time.